Hey, thanks for joining us at Connection Point Church. You know, we would love for you to stay connected and a simple way for you to do that is to subscribe so that each week you can get notified when new content goes live. We'd also love to keep in touch with you throughout the week and the best way to do this is through our Connection Point Facebook page. Now with all that being said, let's go to this week's message with our lead pastor, Zach Maddox. We live in a world that enslaves people. People enslaved to their work, to their careers. People enslaved to their possessions. Uh, People enslaved to the accumulation of their retirement accounts. People enslaved to their emotions. People enslaved to drugs and alcohol. Lots of things that bind us. Hey, here's a big one. People enslaved to these little gadgets. Right? How many faces do you find buried in these things? We get enslaved to a lot of things in this life, but here's the problem. We were not born to be enslaved. We were born to live free. You were born to live free. So then the question is, well, how do we find that freedom? Because you weren't born to be enslaved. You were born to be free and to live that way and to live in liberty and freedom. You were meant to live life flourishing. And so what we're going to do is jump into a passage today that talks about how it is that we can live free. There, there are so there's something that must be in place and alive in us for us to live in freedom. And we're going to find that in a passage in 2 Corinthians today. So if you have your Bibles, hey, I hope you've got God's Word with you today. If you're new to Connection Point, we say that because we want you daily in God's Word. It's important that you are. If you don't have a Bible with you today, you can find one underneath the chair in front of you. You're welcome to use that today. Uh, if you don't have a Bible at home, take it home as a gift from the church. We want you to have access to God's Word. But I'm going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word today. We, we stand simply to show reverence for the fact that God gave His Word to us, and so we don't take that lightly. And we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 today, just reading a few verses, starting in verse 16. A New Testament follower of Jesus by the name of Paul, he writes this letter under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to a church in Corinth, and he's giving them some instruction, and here's what he writes today for us. In verse 16, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is? We sang about it this morning, but let's not just sing songs about it, let's live in it. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. So the good news this morning is we can live in freedom. That's good news. And we need to be able to share that good news. We can live in freedom. So then the question is, well, how do we do that? And Paul, in these verses that he writes, it gives us some indicators, some things that that we can do to step into the freedom that we're offered. And the first thing we find is that we can live in freedom. We can live free by turning to Jesus. We live free by turning to Jesus. Paul writes that when one turns to the Lord, when one turns to Jesus... The veil is removed. And when veils are removed, 
the Spirit of the Lord comes. And so the question is, well, what are those, those veils? And I'm going to ask Shelly if she'd be willing to come and share. As we were living overseas, she started journaling a bit about this, you know, veils. What are those veils? And, and so I just want her to share just some of what the Lord was um, unpacking in her heart as it relates to those veils which keep us from living in the freedom we're offered in Jesus. Well, I want to start by just talking about freedom. Um, it, that's a, it's a big concept. We live in America, and freedom is, you know, it's what we're proud of. It's what we feel like we live in, and as Zach pointed out, that's not always the case. Uh, when I think about freedom, I think about riding in a convertible. It's not something I do very often because as soon as I'm about five seconds into it, I hate it because my hair is smacking me in the face. <laughs> and I just want to say, put on the brakes, let me out on the side of the road, I'd rather walk. So for me, freedom, there's, there's something involved in that. If I want to enjoy a convertible experience, I need to bring a ponytail holder or a hat. You know, it's just, there's, there's things involved in that. And so with freedom, God has already done everything for us to be free. It's, it's already done. We have to walk in it. And that's the, that's the hard part because we just kind of want God to do everything and make it all right in us before we ever act on what he's already done. But he's done so much that we should act on what he's done. We should receive what he's done. And so the Lord really just kind of started doing a work in my heart when we moved um, back overseas to Jerusalem. And so it was from American culture into Arab culture. And so I'm seeing women, you know, with their head coverings on and just the, the concept of veils just started running through my mind. And so just in my devotional time, I was just was writing about the veils that I see in the Arab world. And then, you know, you hop on Facebook and you want to post a couple of pictures and see what's happening. And then it's like the Lord just started showing me veils, you know, in my friends' lives and in my family's lives. And there's hurt and there's fear and there's frustration and there's just there's obstacles, things that just kind of consume us that God just means to help us get through and to work through and to trust him more and become more like him in every step of the way. And I feel like so many times we want, um, we want God to do something, uh, not magical, magical is not the word, but like miraculous, but it's that step. And I talked about this at our women's conference that I was standing on a big area rug and it's like the gate is open, but I'm still standing on the rug or standing in a cage or standing in my chains or standing in bondage when all I had to do was just step out. And I want that for all of us. And so I feel like just a, it's a simple concept of just saying, sometimes the Lord puts his finger on something. That's how I describe it. Um, and I feel like, wow, I didn't even see that area in my life. And the Lord just is able to work through that as I walk with him in that. Sometimes I can say, you know what? I'm just not going there. It's, this is a non-issue. I'm not talking about it. I'm not praying about it. But you, if you're like me at all, sometimes you feel like the Lord just keeps bringing something up. Talk to somebody. Uh, forgiveness, hurt, things like that. Things that we just don't want to talk about. God wants to talk about it. God wants to help bring us through circumstances and through situations. And as he's able to do that, we start becoming more like him. Because he is free. He is freedom. He is love. And that's another thing is 
sometimes I feel like as you start to journey through a process with Jesus, the enemy wants to come in and give you like the negative side of that. Almost like you feel like God is saying something negative to you or um, saying that this happened and, and you're being punished or you feel a sense of shame or, or guilt. And then that's when the stop signs come out and you're like, oh, I'm not going there. I want you to know that the Bible tells us in so many places that it's the kindness of the Lord that brings us to repentance. It's his love that endures. It's the wonder of who he is, and that's what he's doing in your life. So when you start to feel guilt or shame or fear or condemnation, that's when you need to say, Lord, I need you to show up in a special way and help me stay in the game here because the enemy is trying to keep you in bondage. The enemy is trying to keep you in a place where you cannot experience freedom. And so that's kind of that war we talk about or sing about. That there, it's not that you literally have chains on you, it's that you feel like you do. And, and Jesus just doesn't want you to feel that way. And so in this little devotional, and actually we have some copies in the front, if you don't have one, please come up and ask for one because you can have it for free, so you may as well. But I just kind of walked through a couple of things. Um, the first one is, or one of them is tradition. Sometimes we do things and they're meaningful to us and we pour a lot of effort into some things that we wanna do because we, it means a lot to us. But I've just felt like in tradition, sometimes we can put a lot of emphasis on an event more than we have given any consideration to God. And sometimes God just allows us to consider him and say, hmm, what do you care more about, this tradition or me? And it's not that you can't have the tradition, but God wants to be at the forefronts of our heart and our minds. And so he'll kind of put his finger on an area and say, hey, have you thought about me? And just allow the Lord to minister to your heart. Another one is um, routine. You know, we can have a routine and we feel very passionate about that and these things are very important to us and we can be very defined by it. And sometimes we can live so close to our routine that we skip those God moments when God wants to say, okay, are you gonna talk to this person or can you show kindness to that person? Or have you made your schedule so cram packed that you don't have any time for a God moment when God wants to show up and do something special for someone else and in you. And, and I know that we run a busy schedule, but we're trying to make sure we're available for those God moments. And he shows up in a special way. Another one is comfort. You know, we love our comforts. We love to be comfortable, um, but the Lord wants to sometimes take us out of our comfort area and lead us into a place of doing something that's kind of uncomfortable, but that's only because it's new to us. Um, so I wrote down in this, many live behind a veil of comforts, hindering a willingness to go beyond an uncomfortable standard of living. Have you ever thought or said of any of the following? That's too far, it's too dirty, it's unsafe, it's not my type, it's not the right neighborhood, it's not the right time. Those are just some of the things that we may think or say when we're dealing with our comforts, that I'm not willing to go there or do that or at this time because it just doesn't suit me. But maybe the Lord is trying to kind of put a finger in a spot and say, no, no, it may not be your time, it's my time. And then we need to step out into that and allow the Lord to lead and guide us and direct us. 
And his ways are really so much better than our ways and our timing on things. But another one is hurt. Hurt is such a veil that really does keep us to ourselves. And the, and the enemy uses hurt so often because we're all people and we all live with people and people hurt people. And so then we're constantly dealing with the hurt in our lives. And Jesus wants us to have freedom. And I was talking this morning about hurt and that sometimes when we've really been hurt, we hold on to that. It's ours. I've been hurt. It's my identity. And I, that's what I want to think about. And that's what I want to talk about. And it's like who I am. And Jesus wants us to be healed and whole and free and available. And so maybe you can talk about your hurt, but maybe from a place of wholeness and healing. And so allowing the Lord to come in in those deep places and just releasing hurt to him. And that's a hard one because you want to say today, I'm good with that. I'm not going to think about my hurt today. And then tomorrow you wake up and you're just totally overwhelmed in that moment or that memory and just walking daily in that. It's a process. It's always a process. And Jesus wants to be a part of that unveiling process in our lives. Thanks, y'all. So we have these veils that can keep the glory of the Lord from fully entering into our lives because that's, that's what happens when we allow those veils to be removed. But there is something we have to do in order for those veils to be removed. From the scripture passage, it says we have to turn to Jesus, turn to him, and allow him to do that work in our lives that only he can do. So then how do we do that on a practical level? How do we turn our attention to Jesus? How do we fix our eyes on him? In your seat backs this morning, there's a, a guy called Abide Daily. And that really is the answer. We must abide in Jesus so that he may abide in us. That's how we keep our eyes focused on him. And I mention it today because if you were starting in the beginning of the year with us in, in the beginning of January, we encourage people, let's read through the Bible together in a year together. And in January, we started in the Old Testament, and it just yesterday we got to the New Testament. So if you have yet to join us in reading God's word together, I encourage you, download that Read Scripture app, start abiding daily, start today. You can jump into Matthew, which is all about Jesus, so that you can keep your eyes fixed on him. Because for you to experience the freedom that you're offered in Jesus, you need to have veils removed from your life. And to have veils removed from your life, you've got to turn to Jesus. And here's the joy. When you turn to Jesus and veils are removed, you then begin to look like Jesus. That you can experience the freedom that only Jesus can bring. And as you experience that freedom and veils are removed and now you're living free, Jesus comes alive in you. You start to look like Jesus. When we become free, Jesus is alive and well in our lives. You, you take on that Christ-like character. So that character, it's interesting. Sometimes it comes in a moment. Sometimes it's just natural progression. And sometimes it's a blending of, of both things happening. I was reading uh, through the book Unbroken with uh, our oldest. And it's uh, about the life of Louis Zamperini, if, you, if you're unfamiliar with the book. And this is a World War II veteran. He was an Olympic runner, got into uh, the military, was involved in World War, II, World War II, wound up a prisoner of camp for years. And while he was a prisoner in camp, basically was treated poorly, of course, almost starved as a part of that process, was out at sea for a while, faced some really, really challenging life circumstances so that by the time that he got back, was struggling with PTSD and, and struggling with, with nightmares every night. And Billy Graham came into town in, in Los Angeles, did a Billy Graham crusade, and, and uh, his wife wanted to go because their marriage was terrible. Uh, Louis was not doing well, was abusing alcohol, and, and, but he was willing to go, so Louis went. And when, when Billy Graham gave the altar call, 
He said it was like lightning in his soul and he wanted out. So he got out. But then a couple of days later, his wife uh, urged him, could we go back? I'd love to go back. And Louis said, under one condition, that when he says, bow your heads, we are out the door. Like, I'm not going through that altar call experience again. So they agreed, they went. But as soon as Billy Graham said, bow your heads, and Louis jumped up from his seat, he said he stood in the aisle and he could not get away from that moment. And instead of going out the doors, he came forward to the altar, gave his life to Jesus. And from that moment, his life was completely different. That moment, God can do an incredible work in a moment. He doesn't always do that, but there are times where that happens. And I think about, for all of us in this room this morning, now, I don't know how you've come into this space today, but I don't, and I don't know where you find yourself today. Maybe you, you, upon honest reflection, as I talk about being enslaved to things, things that own us, you could say, there are some things that own me right now. And God, as, as we close at the end of this service, maybe God would set you free today, but there is something we have to do. We have to respond to that inclination in our hearts. Louis, when he went home that night, he jumped, uh, dropped all the alcohol down, down the sink. He threw away pornographic magazines because he was bound in lots of things. His marriage was different. He never had a nightmare again. That's incredible. And that's what God can do. God can set us free. In fact, his heart is to set us free. And he can do it in a moment, but sometimes it's a progression too. God is at work in all of us, helping us become more like him to take on those characteristics of Christ. And, and what are those characteristics? What does it look like to look like Jesus? Paul actually writes about this in a New Testament book called Galatians. He gives a description of the characteristics of who Jesus is, that he's love, he's joy, he's peace, he's patience, he's kindness, he's goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Those are the qualities of Christ. When we make a decision to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit begins to work those qualities. He begins to mature that fruit in our lives so that we can look more and more like Jesus. Paul says that we begin to behold the glory of the Lord. We were talking about this list in our leadership team meeting this past week, and Pastor Zach Graney, our family life pastor, one of the things that he brought up from this list is when we look at this list, if you've been in the church for any length of time, oftentimes we attribute a number of those qualities to people outside of us. So for example, we think about patience. Oh Lord, help me be patient with others. Lord, help me be kind to others. Help me be gentle with others. But then too often we want to take like the love, the joy, the peace for ourselves. But those are actually outward expressions too. If you're in the world in any capacity, if you, if you work in a workplace, I would think that you probably have recognized people need joy in their lives. And when they see joy in you, they begin to ask questions to say, how can you have that kind of joy? I know what you're walking through right now. You begin to exhibit peace and they begin to ask, how do you have that kind of peace in the midst of the chaos that I see going on around you? So even those characteristics, as we're transformed and to look more and more like Jesus, they're meant to be for people outside as well. So as we are set free, Jesus also then means to use you to help others be set free too. Lord, help us do that well. Because you can be a part of setting others free. You can be a part. We all can be a part of setting other people free. And that's why we focus this week on, on Freedom Week. Because as we get into a new year, we want to constantly remind ourselves on an annual basis that sharing the good news of Jesus is setting captives free. And we take that opportunity seriously. So Wednesday night, we gather 
for Soak in the City at Slater Hill on the Purdue campus. So we would encourage you, join us on Wednesday night, 6.30 to 8 o'clock. We're going to join with other congregations so that we can declare the name of Jesus over the city because there are people in the greater Lafayette area that need to be set free. And Jesus is the answer that will help them get there. So when you leave from here today, there's maps to help show you where to park. But join us on Wednesday night. But then on Saturday, we have our Freedom 5K, and so we encourage you to come out and run and walk at that event. An opportunity for us to join in the fight against modern-day slavery so that others can be set free as well. One of the organizations we get behind is Free International, which focuses on modern-day slavery in the U.S. It's important that we're a, a part of setting people free right here in our country. So let's take a moment to hear from Mike Bartell and Free International. Hey, Connection Point Church, this is Mike Bartell with Free International. I'm coming to you from right here in Las Vegas. Wanted to give you a quick update on all the things going on with Free International and give you a huge shout out and thank you for investing in the work at Free, which is working to find, restore, embrace, and empower victims of human trafficking and forced prostitution. You guys have been involved in our journey for a long time. In fact, our origin story to even working with human trafficking comes from right there, right there in West Lafayette, Indiana, as we were part of that church from 1994 to 2000. And as we worked at Purdue University as Chi Alpha directors, it was our international students that began to inform us what was going on in the world as it pertained to this level of exploitation. We knew we needed to do something about it, and uh, we jumped all in back in 2003, 2004. And again, you guys have supported our journey all along the way, even as we pioneered uh, work here in the United States and called it Free International. I want to thank you so much for that. Uh, big things are happening now. Our team continues to grow. We have people all over the United States of America. We base right here in Las Vegas. A lot of great things going on in Las Vegas. In fact, Free International just won a major award from, uh, from our mayor right here in Las Vegas for the continued work we're doing here in Las Vegas. Really ground zero for a lot of trafficking here in this country and here in this world. But God's allowing us to make a huge impact as we reach into these neighborhoods and vulnerable areas to find those who are being exploited. Big things are happening. We just did a big search right here in Las Vegas not that long ago. We, we had a top 30 list of missing kids that we knew were being exploited, highly vulnerable. And uh, within 72 hours, as we mobilized almost 500 people from our churches right here in Las Vegas, we were able to see 24 of the 30 recovered for the glory of God. We've seen those kind of results all over the country as we began to do these big searches everywhere. We have nine cities signed up right now to do a big search, and we're, we're hoping to be in the Indianapolis area soon as well to mobilize the people in our churches to find the vulnerable and the exploited until everyone is free. We've got a great partnership going right now with Major League Baseball as uh, we're part of a thing called Strikeout Slavery. Next weekend, we're going to be doing a Strikeout Slavery event in Kansas City. And uh, not that long ago, Strikeout Slavery was honored at the UN for the work that's going on to raise awareness in the ballparks. And Free International is working hard to mobilize those people once the game is done with our big search. We got one coming in October in, uh, in Kansas City. Huge things going on. One last big thing. We are Speed the Lights major project again this year. They are giving us up to $1.4 million worth of mobile equipment and we're adding 
mobile medical to our work, tattoo removal, victim services. The two units we currently have are working all over the United States, providing a broad range of services and creating bridges for our churches and people in our churches to be in areas they normally aren't to reach the vulnerable, the lost, and the exploited. You guys have been a huge part of that. Thank you for your investment in Free International. All the money right now that you have coming our way goes to a $37,500 matching funds grant that we have for our mobile unit project. God is doing big things as we recognize the church and honor it as God's central agency to reach this world both small and great alike, in the boardrooms, in the brothels. We are working hard to reach those who are being exploited until everyone is free. Thank you for being a part of that. Amen. It really is a joy to be able to partner with them in the work that they're doing in Las Vegas, but really all across the, the nation here. But not only do we want to address that issue in our country, but we need to help address that issue all around the world. So we also partner with organization Project Rescue and getting behind what they're doing to set people free worldwide. So let's hear from them this morning. Sexual exploitation has been with us for thousands of years. Globalization has only escalated this horrendous evil. We are now at a point in the world where every single nation is involved in some way with sex trafficking of women and children. The Spanish police say that 90% of the people who are arriving on boats as refugees from Africa are actually victims of human trafficking. 500,000 is an estimated um, number of women that come in annually um, are trafficked into Europe and forced into prostitution. Every tourist spot in the world has a dark side people don't see. So our world is the dark places where most people have given up. Our goal is through Jesus to reach out to the whole system where you transform people's lives and give them hope and bring about a revolution of justice. People say to us, does Project Rescue do raids? We say, no, we do relationships. A raid, you only do one time. But a relationship is that you go into the brothels, you establish Bible studies, you go in and establish prayer and show them there's a way out. If we just take a woman physically out of the brothel to a safe place, that's only the beginning of rescue. Until she is free body, mind, and spirit to make new choices, to become the woman of God she was created to be, the job's only half done. Life-changing aftercare is the most intense part of the healing process. It requires medical, physical, and emotional support, as well as education and vocational training. But these are not enough. Prostituted women and children need spiritual freedom and a new identity that can only come through Jesus Christ. You don't go to the core issue, and if Christ doesn't come in and heal that woman's soul, then she's going to go back. When we first interview a woman that's in that situation, 
She doesn't have any self-worth. She can't even lift up her head and look at you in the eyes. I felt a sense of urgency that I need to move there like my, my daughters. I'm not going to wait for anybody else to decide or have a meeting. In the scripture it says, if any woman, man, child, be in Christ, they're in creation. So that promise, it seems just about, okay, we're going to get you into a better place. Over time, as she experiences God's truth about herself, you're not a prostitute. No, you're a daughter of God. Part of the reason we get behind these organizations in particular is because they understand where freedom is found. That freedom is not a program, that freedom is not location, but that freedom is a person and his name is Jesus. And so they go in and they really bring freedom. Yeah, are they going to pull people out? Yes, but you can't just remove a person, person from a situation and, and change everything. No, there's, there's more involved. And so they really do that and do it well. That's for all of us. Wherever you find yourself this morning, freedom is a person. You've got to start there and allow him to come in and to be able to transform you from the inside out. So I'm going to invite you to, to stand as we close in song this morning, that we might from today declare the freedom of Jesus over our city. But I'd like you to begin to think about maybe individuals in your life that you know that are struggling. They're enslaved to something that's, that's really got a hold on them. And I want you to think about them as we sing this song and, and who the victor is. And they need to find him. They need to be introduced to him so that they can experience the victory that only he can bring. And we need to be able to do that on Wednesday evening as well. And then gather on, on Saturday morning just to get behind those organizations. And, and so I would encourage you too, you know, maybe you can't run or walk that race, but you, if you'd like to give a donation to that cause, you can do that at the table this morning as well. That part of sharing the good news is we share the good news that Jesus came to set us free. And there's ways to do that today. But this morning, maybe you came into this place and you yourself need to experience that freedom that can only be found in Jesus, that you need to be set free by Jesus. Hard for you to offer freedom to others if you haven't experienced it yourselves, and we want you to be able to walk away with that today. I grew up in a, in a very loving home. Uh, my dad was a, a pastor. Uh, but for whatever reason, uh, I, I don't know, I just feeling led to share this this morning. Whatever reason, I, uh, I don't know, I was angry. And, and so every day for years in elementary school, uh, we'd get in a fight at recess. I don't know what that was all about. But what I'll remember is in third grade, parents came for another one of those recess fights. And, and for whatever reason on that day, we'd been praying for, for a while. But on that day, freedom was found. From that day, so third grade, never been in a physical altercation again with a person. So I don't know where you're at today and I don't know what you've been struggling with, but what I do know is Jesus is freedom. And so if you've been holding on to something for a while, today could be your day where freedom is found. Now, he's gonna to continue to develop the fruit of your spirit in your life. He's doing it for me. God knows I need it. Oh Lord, thank you that you're maturing patience in my life. Thank you that you're maturing gentleness in my life. Thank you that you're maturing kindness in my life. So that's an ongoing work. But if you're here today and you need to be set free, if I could just have some of our prayer workers come down across the front, but we're going to sing a song about the victor. 
who the victor is. And as we're singing, if there's something that you're struggling with that you need to be set free from today, and maybe that's because you've never sought the King of Kings, because you've never devoted your life to him. So instead of doing what I would typically do in the way of an altar call this morning, our prayer team members can pray with you. So if you're here this morning, whether you served on the prayer team this morning, maybe we'd have some others that could fill in as well, or some pastors, or some of our deacons if you're here. But we want to pray with you this morning that number one, you can devote your life to Jesus. And if you've devoted your life to Jesus, that he can set you free from whatever you're, you're stuck in today, that he would remove veils as you turn to him. The music team's gonna come and we're gonna sing and, and I'm just gonna pray. And I guess uh, I'll give an invitation just for you to raise your hand, but mostly because I want you to raise your hand because I don't want the enemy to keep you back from anything that the Lord wants to give you today. So I want you to raise your hand just as a simple to say, you know what, when we go into song, I'm gonna step out from where I'm at and pray with one of these folks. So with every head bowed in this room, if you're here today and you need to find freedom in Jesus, I just invite you to raise your hand. Just say, I need to be free today, set free from anything that the Lord, that the enemy might have a hold on in your life. Free from drugs or alcohol, free from, from life controlling issues, free from anger, free from relational issues. But whatever that freedom might be, I pray that you find it today. And as we close in song, come forward and, and meet with one of our prayer team members that they might pray and pray that you find deliverance today and freedom in Jesus' name. Let's sing.